0: happy monday beautiful people happy new year happy 2019 Uh, sending big love and new energy out to you all thank you for tuning in again to conversations with friends episode 15 it's january 14th and i'm super excited to come back and connect with you all took december off to do a bunch of things i actually had a couple of projects i had to wrap up um but excited to be back with you all and excited for my new guest today. Um, in the year of 2019, we will be having one episode a week. Last year, I was able to attract our first financial donor and ad spot. So in 2019, the goal is to hit 60 hours of the podcast together and I think we'll be able to track some more ad spots. So I'm excited to tune in with you all weekly this year and to bring a whole bunch of really cool friends and their work. Like today, I'm excited to share. um, The last couple of months with Align With Plants, we had, well, actually I guess just one month. um, And actually it's just a couple of times even. We've been taking the shop out to a local market And the universe is working really hard to bring all of the people in a particular space together to do work, and I really appreciate that, and I'm excited to introduce and share the voice of a new friend today on the show. Um, We met at a local artisan market in Scottsdale. And as soon as I started talking to my friend on the show today, I was like, well, um, this is intentional. You never know where things are going to go, but I definitely am supposed to know this, this gentleman and tune into his work and support it. So I'm super excited to have Dr. Evan Vandriel on the show today. Are you there today, friend?
1: Yep. Hey, how's it going?
0: Good. Welcome. Happy Monday. Happy New Year.
1: Thank you. Happy New Year.
0: Yeah, we're two weeks into the new year now. How's it been treating you?
1: (laughs) It's been fun, a little bit hectic. Um, But, yeah, it's been overall good, very good, yeah.
0: Awesome. And you're a practicing naturopath. So do you have a lot of folks coming in at the end of the year or the beginning of the year ready to reboot or, um, you know, cleanse or new year, new you? Do you have a lot of folks coming to you for those situations or for support for that?
1: Um, I guess. Well not really actually. No. Um at least they don't bring that up to me. Maybe that's part of what, why they're here or why they're coming in. But um yeah, I don't get a lot of people saying, Yeah, this is gonna be a new new year are gonna do things differently, although them showing up I guess is the ultimate uh, manifestation of that. So
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's and know. it's been a a good <laughs> beginning of the new year. Yeah, I remember uh, Sprouts a few years ago um, coming in like right at I think maybe it was the thirty first, and they said, "Yeah, you better get your kale today because the next week or two we're going to have no kale and no greens." Everybody comes in and they're juicing and they're cleansing for the first two weeks, and it's really hard to keep kale in the shop. <laughs> um, but then by the third week in January, they say everything's back to normal.
1: Yeah, no, that might make sense. That's
0: it. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, well, welcome Evan to the show. I'm excited to tune a little bit into your work and um, share share what you do and who you are. Um, so we like to start a little bit about who the guest is, who I have my friend on the show. A little bit about your background. Um, you can go as far back as you would like to go, or you can keep it really recent. Um, but tell us a little bit about Evan and what's brought you to Phoenix and to the desert and to practicing naturopathy in the desert.
1: Yeah. Good questions. Um, so I guess I'm originally from uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, up in Canada. And, uh, so part of why I'm in the desert is I thought I'd try out a new climate. Yeah. I'm glad I did. I love it here. It's awesome. Um, but I guess the reason that I even started looking at moving was that I, um, like when I was younger, I had a couple of different health issues. Um, They were structural issues, but I later found out that they were related to my gut. And so um, so there's that. And then I was also, like, I had a really close family member uh, suffering with this. Like, she originally broke her hips in an accident. And um, it was, like, a 10-year process. She was in and out of the hospital on pain meds. Um, I think she had, like, eight different surgeries. And uh, she just, it seemed like she didn't get what she needed, really, from the way the medicine was practiced. Um, uh, so I was always curious about why that was and what, like, what was really going on with her. Um, ultimately, I think she just kind of gave up on life after that injury, that accident for whatever reason. Wow. And, um, so yeah, so that kind of hit me hard. Um, especially because I didn't know how to fix it or do anything about it. So I decided at a certain point just to, to try to figure that stuff out. Like, why do people not heal? Some people do, right? I mean, the body is really miraculous. And, uh, when you give it what it needs, take away what it doesn't. That that healing force or that, that vital force is a is a powerful thing, but sometimes it just doesn't it doesn't work. And so I that's what I'm trying to do is figure that out. So yeah, that's why that's why I'm here.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you do you feel like your research and your work now is coming to making you? Because oh, I want to hear about that. Like, um. Do you Are you figuring out or learning why some bodies don't heal? That's extremely interesting to me because I feel like that's what the body does. Um, so it sounds like to me there would be some, you know, constant inflammation or some basic structural issue with the body why it never heals. But what have you learned about that?
1: Well, um, yeah, I guess <laughs> sometimes it is as simple as the body's missing something like a building block, for the production of this or that. Um, sometimes, yeah, one of the, some of the most common nutrient deficiencies that I see is zinc, um, omega-3 fatty acids, which can modul- modulate, inflammation, uh, magnesium, uh, vitamin D is pretty common and then minerals in general. So that's, that, those are just common. I mean, people just don't eat enough of the higher, like, nutrient dense foods. And then, yeah, they ended up, end up deficient. But really, I think the more common piece uh, when it comes to trauma is that there's a uh, there's a rewiring that happens in the brain, like there's a, or a, a, a mismapping, I guess. And so after after an injury, it kind of depends on when, how it happens and what kind of issues are damaged. But yeah, there can be a mismapping, and uh, even though the nervous system is trying to coordinate healing, it doesn't necessarily happen. Mm. And it's it's hard to say whether it's the nervous system or whether it's the like, the bioenergetic field of the body that that's disrupted in that area, or both, or and then they they you nutrient deficiency on top of that, and then some you know some kind of PTSD or some kind of self limiting belief, and then all of a sudden you have this situation where uh, the body's intelligence is just it's um, either misdirected or it's not focused enough to, to do what it needs to do. And then, so, yeah, so addressing each of those factors as well as
0: we can, I think um brings up the best result when it comes to injuries and trauma and stuff oh, does that kind of make sense oh, heck, yeah, that's so interesting, yeah um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to I would be really intrigued by that as well if I were you like i i the fact that that's even what led you to the studies, I think that's uh really telling us to why um. Like, or why are the hows that you practice with people? Because that's a really, that's a, um, it's a deep question. Why was she, why didn't she heal? Um, That would be the kind of question I would want my doctor to ask.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty simple, pretty basic. I mean. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, but just the interest in it, that's really that's pretty amazing. Um, so I've had one other naturopath friend on the show, but she wasn't actually practicing at the time. Um, so we didn't really talk too much about it, and I don't think she's actually going to get back into it. So I would love to, uh, if you would share your perspective and from your experience, what is naturopathy? Um, what is a naturopathic doctor? What is naturopathy, and what you know? What do they do? What can? What do they offer? What do, how do they serve? And what is maybe a, a quick comparison to them to a standard um, medical doctor?
1: Okay, yeah, good question. Uh, so, well, the main difference really lies in the philosophy. I mean, in the state of Arizona, at least, we are technically classified and trained as primary care physicians. So. Um, so our first, um, how do you call it, responsibility, I guess, when a patient comes in is to make an, uh, a diagnosis. And um, so based on that diagnosis, we have kind of uh, like uh, an outline of how, how we're going to treat them. Um, so I guess the main difference, though, between the, the MDs, the DOs, and the, the naturopaths is that um, we're trying to look for the root cause of the issues as well as we can. Um, we're trying to educate people as to how to, how to live healthier lifestyles. And that is, it is part of what MDs do. I'm, um, I think naturopaths in general focus more on, on that education piece. Um, you know, uh, teaching people about how to eat, and how to, how to exercise, you know, different things they can do to, to improve their condition. Um, so yeah, really the main difference is that we're trying to, uh, get to the root of it. And so I think in general... We like natural natu- class natu- tend to spend more time with people, get a more in depth history, including you know, injuries and uh, what do you call them, the adverse childhood events and what their diet's like, how they're sleeping. We'd love to talk about bowel movement because we can tell a lot about somebody, how their digestion's working from their stools. So yeah, I think um and so and so collecting all that information allows us to put together a more customized and uh uh I mean,
0: closer to the new treatment plan. Hmm. Yeah. So, and you you may not have an opinion on this or not, but my brain is just wondering, do you you know what would make a person who's interested in helping people and serving and being a doctor or being in medicine, what do you think would be the difference of a person that would go towards naturopathy? I could imagine somebody that would want to go towards naturopathy, but... Um, because that sounds like what you just said. Sounds like the way medicine should be being practiced. Every single time a human approaches somebody who studies medicine to practice on them, that seems like well, let's let's learn you, meet you a little bit, go to the root cause, and then create some type of program for you. That that sounds pretty basic. Um, right. What do you think would be the reasoning why somebody would go towards an MD or not not a not a, a patient, but the student somebody who's ready to practice and serve the community i'm why would somebody want to be a, an md versus an np i don't know if i'm using my letters right but <laughs> that's what i wrote down um why would somebody want to yeah, do that yeah. why would they want to yeah. go into medicine and deal with symptoms and not and not help like what is the attraction to the other side of the program do you what your opinion maybe
1: well yeah in my experience, and they talking to my co- uh, colleagues and classmates when we were in school it seemed like um, a lot of people had had experiences with alternative medicine and they were at that point inspired to say a common story was uh, this person had this XYZ condition. Um, and then, uh, and they, you know, they went through the medical system and they didn't get what they needed or maybe they were even worse or whatever it was. And then they, so they were, you know, disillusioned and then they sought out alternatives and then they got better and then they were like, wow, this is cool. This is what I'm going to do. And then, um, so that's, it seems like that's the people who kind of, either they fell through the cracks or of the, you know, the conventional system or they just, it just wasn't what they needed. Seems like that's one route. The other route was, um, like the people who were like me, who, um, who just want to, they're just kind of like, I don't know, <laughs> inexplicably called to it. Yeah. And, uh, just wanted to learn and go deep and and realizing that there was, like, because I never really wanted to be a doctor, never, I, it didn't even cross my mind. I guess I had seen how medicine is practiced, and I was like, this seems kind of, uh, I don't know about this, but then, it, it seems I learned a lot about, uh, sorry, it seems I learned about naturopathic medicine, it was like, whoa, that exists? i that.
0: Isn't that crazy? So, yeah, that's crazy. Wow, it exists that people actually look for the root symptoms and help people based on that. That's wild.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, if you if you stack them up next to each other, uh, it just sounds way more fun to me. Mm. To be a detective and, and learn about you know learn about herbs and homeopathy and acupuncture. That was always a weird idea to me. Like sticking a needle in the body to. What? You're going to put what, where, for what reason? Like, Mm. all that, I don't know, all that mystical stuff. Well, stuff must be mystical necessarily. I mean, acupuncture has been studied pretty thoroughly now. But that was a huge draw because it, I mean, clearly there's more going on in this world than we can even perceive Mm. with our senses. So, using medicine that kind of, that can, you know, affect the world on a deeper level was really exciting. It was like,
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, um, it's, it's pretty, I don't know. It's pretty amazing. Um, I'm kind of blown away. I've never heard it broken down so simply. And that's just like, wow, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Why would anyone want to do anything else other than this? Um, but most, most, so many of us, or most yeah. of us really don't know what a naturopath is. Uh, we don't have access to them easily, so we're gonna. I'm gonna pull out a few more questions of that throughout the show today because I definitely want to help as many as I can. Understand that um, this is a real option that I think most insurances take at this point, right?
1: Um, not in my experience. I mean, oh really? Uh, it kind of depends on the carrier. It seems like, yeah, across the board. Like for example, Medicare doesn't like to work with naturopaths at all for whatever reason. Um,
0: Medicare doesn't, at but all. in
1: general. No, it's yeah, it's weird. Um but in general it seems like lab work and imaging are covered pretty regularly if somebody has a has some kind of insurance plan. But um the services that we offer aren't. Like I guess we spend too much time with our patients and um I sure, <laughs> I don't know what it is exactly, but I mean I we can always give people the code to be reimbursed and they can submit it to their insurance company, but I mean for for example my practice is all cash, you know, cash deal with time and service and then um I kinda let people uh deal with their insurance companies um on their own. Mm. But that it it does make it less accessible. It does. But I I kinda like it that way because uh, cause then the insurance company doesn't get to dictate how I practice. Like I can spend you know, I like if I did the math and Day, I was getting paid whatever it is, $28 a visit. I'd only be able to spend like six and a half minutes with each patient. Otherwise mm-hmm. I'm losing money or whatever. You know what I mean? So that's, that's, it's kind of a messy system. I, I feel like there's a better way, but for now I'm just outside of the system. And then so that's, and I think that's how most natural practice, yeah. unless they, they team up with like a nurse practitioner or an MD and they kind of work under or in the same clinic or under their license or something like mm-hmm. that. But yeah so yeah sorry about that. That's just kind of the nature of this kind of thing.
0: no, it's perfect. um well, and that makes sense because i uh, one of my friends who decided to no longer practice that was kind of her bigger her bigger issue was the insurance system and having to deal with that and it it took the joy and the passion out of her service, so that makes sense why you would just stay away from that and allow yourself to do the work that you feel versus having to deal with that systematic stuff um Quite interesting though, yeah that's that's a trip. you spend time, look for the root cause yeah. in your patients, and we're not going to be able to finance that, <laughs> but um wow, it's a trip. I'm gonna be much more i'm gonna really be charging for more naturopaths i I want to support you guys even more um, you mentioned also, thank you. I it. I, yeah, you mentioned um acupuncture, Evan, could you talk to us a little bit about those types of things like since you're not covered by most insurances and you're doing things a little alternative, I guess they call this alternative medicine, <laughs> and you look for the root cause and deal with that, um, Tell us of maybe some of the different types of you know healing modalities that you use in your office, like acupuncture. Um, like looking at the gut. Like, what what is what are some of those primary things you go to, or things that would look really different for people that came to your office? They would maybe expect to see this versus what they would see in a in a regular or in a standard MD's. Okay, yeah. Um, Even the neti well, pot well, too, because we we've they, talked to neti pot. So, like, what uh, are you guys yeah. doing over there? <laughs> You're not putting amoebas in people's brains, right?
1: No, no, ideally not. I mean, no, <laughs> because. You can sidestep that whole thing just use distilled water and then you taste it. all good <laughs> but it's just funny funny you bring that up I mean um, you know I
0: can't stop thinking yeah, about it Evan
1: <laughs> no I know so this would be a cool this is so one of the things that I like to use in my office is um, we call it a side kinesiology so it's, it's a form of autonomic response testing so basically the idea is that we're setting up a, a dialogue with the person's nervous system and so we can ask questions and, and figure out what What's going on? Which systems need, need support, and how best to support those those systems? So it's kind of like so stay, stay, or muscle testing, I guess, is another way of saying it. Evan, excuse um, me, really
0: quick. Your voice it, is a little know, muffled. Can you can you pull your phone? Your voice is a bit muffled.
1: Okay, is Much that better. better? Yep.
0: Thank you. I'm sorry. Go ahead, friend.
1: Okay. Good. No, it's all good. So yeah, the, with the uh, with the applied kinesiology, we can. Well, basically, we're testing baseline of how the nervous system is doing and then we stress the nervous system by pushing on a bone or having somebody bring up uh, something that's stressful to them or we can have them smell something a chemical like chlorine if we're going to test oxidation or we can have them taste sugar and then if the if the nervous system responds in a negative way to that whatever that stress is um it'll it'll blow out and then we know we need to work on that so it's kind of, and that, this is so it's kind of like a functional way of assessing somebody as opposed to, and um, and in, in real time. So I mean, blood work and um, imaging and, and that kind of thing are awesome, and they they tell us a lot. They don't always catch things early, though. Um, like it takes, and there's there's functional ways to read lab work, and there are other like things that we can look at um, that are precursors to full-blown disease. Um, but really. There aren't a lot of awesome in-office tests that you can run and say, okay, this is what's going on. Let's, you know, do this intervention. So, uh, but muscle testing gives us that to so say, yeah, so for example, somebody isn't drinking say, okay, so this would be an awesome, <laughs> awesome last example. Case I know somebody needs a neti pot. They, they have, you know, nausea and the back of their throat's all red and they have, um, you know, intermittent sinus infections like every couple of weeks. The antibiotics don't work, and they have cranial issues because of the swelling in their sinuses, and uh, and they can't sleep well because they can't breathe through their nose. And they're getting dental cavities because of the their mouth isn't staying um, there's not enough saliva. And there's just a lot of issues that can be caused by sinuses. But anyway, so say that's going on, and they're not doing the any nit- pot. and so and then like they come back and they say. Yeah, I didn't do it. I it's just I I'm freaked out about this whole amoeba thing. I just can't bring myself to do it. And so so this would be a great um a great way to use acupuncture because we can actually clear the body's um emotional response to a trigger. Just so you think about doing the pot, you think about getting this amoeba thing and then it beats your brain and you who knows what you become
0: You're to your you friend. Your voice is kind of muffled again. Sorry. You're just saying such good stuff. I want to make sure people can hear you.
1: No, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, so say, yeah, So somebody's not doing their natty pockets. they basically freaked out they're going to die. And it, I know it sounds kind of, uh, maybe that's an extreme example, but, I mean, we all have these, these experiences that we've had in our lives that kind of just, they become triggers for emotions. And then, um, if that's the case, I mean, yeah, I've seen this where people aren't drinking their water, or they're not exercising, or yeah, yeah, Say so they're they resolve or they they want to do this whole um new year new year thing, and they go to the gym and then but they still have these these emotional triggers and these limiting beliefs or whatever they are that just settle them right back into where they were before the new year, mm-hmm. but yeah, so but anyway, so we can use acupuncture um to clear out or basically separate the uh, the trigger from. The person's emotional response to that trigger. So mm. yeah, it's really cool. It's fun, and and we basically use applied kinesiology, the muscle testing, to identify that trigger. Mm. So test the muscle, and then have them think about the brain eating amoeba, and that totally blows up their nervous system, and they can feel it, and maybe they even get some kind of physical response, like their hands get sweaty, or mm. their mind starts to race, or whatever it is. And then we can we basically just use a. a a two-minute um, procedure. We separate those two. We thought about the brain-eating amoeba from that physiological response. And then, yeah, that's it. So, and then... And, and I've seen it be really helpful for people implementing new habits. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool.
0: Hmm. And so you said real-time. So that's that was really um, special to me in what you said, real-time. You're actually tuning into the human's physical body in the moments like right now like let me tune into what your body is saying and doing the energy frequencies of your body now that's that's really powerful and i can understand that you know that makes it that makes it a little bit more understandable as to why insurance isn't covering those types of services right like, that's not go to the doctor get your heartbeat taken your blood pressure you know what i mean like that's that's real deep um self-awareness and tuning into the reality that we are these energetic fields of information and activity um that's deep that's amazing
1: yeah that's exactly what it is yeah so we, I, you don't necessarily have to explain that to a patient or they don't necessarily fully have to be aware that that's what we're doing but you know you're right that's what we're doing yeah mm. Oh so, yeah
0: yeah. That's amazing. Um I've got to see a naturopath. I've never been to a naturopathic appointment or sat down and really um done any of these things. This is this is pretty cool. Um do you do you use homeopathics in your studies as well? Or in your practice? Yeah, most
1: definitely. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um Alright, I wanna, I wanna ask you about homeopathy in a moment, but before we move on, so in terms of the ANS system, I'm not a, a trained doctor, but I do love information and love to study. And the autonomic, uh, nervous system is pretty, it's something that I think about a lot, and there's a particular plant that has brought, like, has highlighted it for me, um, cannabis and the ANS system. So just because you brought that up, I was wondering if you have any personal opinions on Cannabinoids, the endocannabinoid system, and the ANS system, and is is that happening in naturopathy? Are you guys starting to to study that and um, bring cannabis or endocannabinoid treatment into your into your studies, or is that something that's still kind of outside of medicine?
1: No, I think uh, I think it's been studied a lot, as far as I know. I I don't do a whole bunch of it, but uh, um, I do use CBD oil. Yeah. Um, in some patients, uh, it seems like with chronic pain, uh, nausea, uh, yeah, sympathetic dominance control where somebody's fight or flight all the time. It does seem like it, um, it blunts that and, or allows people to, uh, break that cycle. Um, mm-hmm. when they take it. I mean, I, it's not, it's not something I do all the time. Um, but, but yeah, as far as I know, it's, I mean. Yeah, naturopath. Um, we do. I know a bunch of naturopaths do um, the whole marijuana certification card thing too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so that's a that's a possibility in Arizona. Um,
0: yeah. Mm. So it is a thing. Yeah, it seems like that would just be like almost a natural part of the practice since you guys are also working with the ANS system. If that's like the base, if that's what you're tuning into. Um, I'm excited to to just see more and more where naturopathy goes, because it seems like we've got some pretty cool younger people being born and coming up in the world, and I could see them taking things like naturopathy to a whole other level. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, totally.
0: Um, Dr. Evan, could you talk just a little bit about homeopathy then? Um, that's... Just the whole, you know, I don't You have to go too deep into the history, but what is it? What is homeopathy? What are homeopathic remedies and solutions and um, medicines, tinctures, and maybe how do you use them? Or how can the audience members use them or get into them?
1: Yeah, so yeah, homeopathy is kind of cool. It's, um, so uh, there was a guy named
0: Hahnemann, and I
1: think he lived in fifteenth century Germany. And he, I don't know exactly how he came by it, but he discovered that when you give somebody, um, a they, he called it a crude dose to say like, uh you eat a handful of these leaves from this herb, um, there are these certain symptoms that come up, and so he did this with a bunch of different minerals and different toxins, and um, and he saw he wrote down what symptoms people had, which is it's kind of interesting. These <laughs> are called the proving. And so some of the the more common symptoms that came up when people, you know, imbibed those different, whatever they were, um, he wrote down. And basically, uh, so basically the homeopathic version is a, they call it potentized, but it's uh, diluted. And so say, so you take, um, so you have the leaves or the berries or the, whatever it is, uh, the hump that you're going to make homeopathic, And you dissolve it in alcohol or whatever you can extract, whatever the best thing to extract that um, that substance is. And then you take, say, one, like, for 10 drops of that, put it in a 100 drops of of, um, pure water, and then shake it up, and then do that again, 10 drops in a 100 milliliters, or whatever it is. And then, um, so at a certain point, there isn't any of the actual physical substance in the water. It's more like... You're it's, you're extracting the energetic imprint of whatever that substance is, and the more you dilute it, the stronger the energy is. It's just kind of counterintuitive. We don't really have a concept for this in Western medicine, but um, that's what homeopathy is. So, to say you have a uh, a red itchy rash that feels really good to scratch, and um, it, it's really warm and hot, you would it might be. It depends on your other symptoms and it takes mental emotional symptoms into account and how your sleep is, preferences for hot or cold things, all this, just kind of, some of the questions you ask when you're trying to dig into the, to get to the right homeopathic remedy are kind of weird, but, um, yeah, so say that's your case, um, you might take homeopathic poison ivy, so, and I guess homeopathy means, or homeo means same, in Homeo means what? There's, there's some in-
0: interference. Homeo means what?
1: Homeo means skin. Skin? So, and same. So, the, the idea is the like, cures like, so say, you have symptoms They're of same. poison ivy, you would, you would take homeopathic poison ivy. Hmm. And so, the idea is that energetically, that cancels out the, the dysfunction. And so, it, the reason we don't really have a concept of this in Western medicine is because um, it's working on the vital force. It's either tuning the vital force by negating that the disease frequency um, or and also strengthening the body's vital force. So it's working on an energetic level to affect the physical body. That's how homeopathy works, as far as I know. That's, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, so you have a, <laughs> you have a kind skin of irritation, so you take a skin irritant, to counterbalance
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: hmm. yeah so in general these things are very safe
1: um, sometimes you do people's symptoms do get worse when they take um, uh, homeopathic remedy uh, but these tend to be in general people are sensitive to not just I sensitive to energy in general, EMS, um mm. people who are empathetic and kinda of feel other people's emotions, that kind of stuff. So um yeah, in general they're very safe though. Uh
0: yeah. But you find that highly sensitive people are more sensitive to them. That's even <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So yeah, it rarely happens that people get worse when they take homeyatsu. So it is, like I said, it is pretty safe. But sometimes you do get an aggravation, and it's not anything. Usually, it's life threatening. It's usually just the symptom that you're trying to treat gets a little bit worse, and then. So, and then you just know you need to either pick a new remedy, or sometimes that means that the remedy is the exact right remedy, and it's gonna,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's gonna eventually uh, bring about the cure.
0: Hmm. Now, do, but, um, do you prefer homeopathy over just standard herbal treatments or is it kind of a mixture? Or I mean, I guess in all of this, you have acupuncture and neti pod and applied kinesiology and um, naturopathy. Is it kind of... Your diagnosis usually includes like a blend of all of these things and a little bit of this, that, and the other? Or Yeah, most definitely. Well,
1: the cool thing about applied kinesiology is that it, it we can just ask the body what it needs. So... Mm. Um, yeah, so, a is a cool tool that way. It's, it's kind of like a stethoscope or a lab test. It's another way to get information about the body. So say the person's liver comes up as the priority organ. So, uh, I mean, the liver does a lot of things, right? So, it, I mean, it metabolizes sugar, it metabolizes toxins, uh, um, it's important for conjugation of hormones, um, it can be in Chinese medicine, uh, theory or in, uh, um the uh the liver can be damaged by feelings of uh, excess anger or frustration so and then um yeah the liver meridian can be disrupted by scars or injuries in the feet legs um torso mm-hmm. uh c-section scars so it's kind of mm-hmm. it, so just because the liver came up it, it doesn't exactly tell us what we need to do for the liver mm-hmm. so that's why we ask. so and then so sometimes usually there's some kind of nutritional support that would be good. So for the liver, for example, choline is really awesome at thinning out the bile so that it doesn't get congested and stuck in the gallbladder. Um, there like milk thistle is an awesome liver, detoxification and regenerative herb. Uh is another really good one, has a high infinity for the liver, anti inflammatory. Um D six is important for hormone conjugation, so sometimes that's what people need. Um that's yeah. And then say who you knows, I mean, maybe somebody kicked over their block castle when they were three years old and they got really angry and took it worked really hard on it and whatever and then sometimes that gets trapped in the <laughs> in the back of the person's mind mm. and then that's affecting the liver. So sometimes we need to work on scars to uh the flow of cheek through the meridian. Um, if there's a scar over or disrupting the meridian. So yeah, it's it's kinda hard to know but but again, apply kinesiology allows us to hone in on exactly what, or get closer at least. I mean, you have to kind of know which questions to ask. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. It's
1: That's kind of how it goes.
0: That's that real stuff. I, I went to go see a, a friend of mine, a friend of the show also, on Chinese Herbalist a couple years back. And, and that was when I first started getting into acupuncture and... Chinese herbs, like the, the real detox, uh, um, decoctions that they're making, you know, like just what the difference of standard Western herbalism to Chinese herbalism in the practice. And um, I sat with her because I have kidney, we have a bunch of kidney failure in my family, and I only have one kidney. I donated a kidney when I was 19. And so I'm just kind of staying on top of it or trying to at the time. I wanted to stay on top of it and, and make sure I was nourishing my, my one kidney. And she, she looked at my eyes. <laughs> she looked at my eyes and followed the chi from my eyes, you know, circling through my body and could tell like pro- appropriately diagnosed at least or could tell, I wouldn't say diagnosed, but she, she knew which kidney was gone by the way my eyes looked and the, and the energy of my, um, of my cheese of the movement of my cheese so obviously she was a 50 50 chance like she could have probably it was it was good half and half <laughs> there but um but I could feel the the truth in what she was doing and what she was sensing and, and in her practice and in her um in her you know in her her studies with uh over, over 10 years so um I don't know it's, yeah it's just really amazing I I'm as, I, as you're talking I'm realizing wow I'm not getting any younger and maybe I should be because I have a scar over my liver meridian, and <laughs> I'm like, "Wow, I maybe should be seeing naturopaths like regularly and staying on top of my health." <laughs> You're making me think I need to maybe. I need to tune in a little deeper here.
1: <laughs> maybe, but, and that's sorry, that wasn't really my intention. No, I um, know,
0: I, of course not. But uh, all things happen like, how they're supposed to. <laughs>
1: fair enough, yeah. I hear you.
0: No, you know, because it's just real, and, and you. You know, you come out of your twenties, and my health was just really and it still is i just, I have great health I've never had any real health issues and you you go along your life and you're thinking everything's working well I don't have any any major signs, but maybe you know especially when we lived up north in the cold weather, you know we would have congestion for way too long and um, you know you you just never really know all the little particular things that are working in the body and as you're as you're talking more about especially these long term energetic influences and impacts in our lives like I want to. I want to know my body better. I want to tune into my body at this level. Um, so it's really an inspiring conversation. I appreciate it.
1: No, yeah, my friend, my friend.
0: Um. So, friend. Shoot, I just thought something I was going to ask you. What were you just talking about? Oh, homeopathy. Um. Oh, so, in terms of that versus natural or um, standard herbs, I'm interested in in the effectiveness of those two, and then we'll move on. Um. And, and I, I think that we talked a little about you were using oat straw. I know recently last month as we were talking about, but um, I don't know how much herbal how much herbal practices happens in naturopathy. But maybe you could just tell us really quick the the difference between um, standard herbal um, you know remedies versus homeopathy. Like when would a person want to maybe look towards one and the other, or is this another thing where we want to be open to using them all? Uh, maybe you could just give us a little idea of the difference there, and then we'll 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 move on to another conversation.
1: Sure, yeah. Um I uh I know well, in naturopathic uh college, uh we do have a bunch of education about herbs. Um, I I don't know exactly how many hours but it's it's a big part of what we do. Um, we definitely have to learn um, the contraindications between some herbs and and different conditions mm-hmm. and different medications and these things are they are medicines, they're powerful medicines, they can change the way physiology works. So, um, it's, yeah, so we do get a bunch of training. Um, I, in my practice, I, um, uh, I don't use a whole bunch of herbs. I mean, I do like teas and bitters actually are one of my favorite Mm -hmm. things to prescribe people because it's just one of those things that we don't really get in our, (laughs) our sweet and fatty and rich and MSG laden foods. Um, I mean, bitters just aren't that desirable of a taste to our palates, I guess. But mm-hmm. maybe I'm just being for myself, but or I don't know. But it seems like that's one thing that. But um, so but yeah, no, I know a bunch of my colleagues. Um, if somebody comes down with something, they're they're formulating tinctures based on the person's symptoms um, from different nonverbal extracts. Um, I know a lot of my colleagues prescribe people teas. Um, for their nutritive or medicinal effects, or both. I mean, that's the cool thing about herbs is, is that they're sort of, they're like, nutritive and medicinal, and some are more nutritive and some are more medicinal, but mm-hmm.
0: there's always a blend there, which is kind of cool. Um, they're so cool. So,
1: yeah, well, and beyond that, they, uh, I guess the cool thing, the thing that I realized, I guess, some guy at the, at some conference is talking about this idea that, most of the biomolecules in plants are not biologically active at all. Like, they don't interact with with our bodies in any kind of way other than changing the way that our genes express. So it's kind of... I think we talked about this at the market, maybe. But, I mean, one of the cool things about eating plants is that they, they educate your body as to how to work mm. um, <laughs> in the world. So... It's, that's the coolest part. I mean, and some th- things like the humanoid in turmeric or it's just anti-inflammatory. They do that kind of work, but there's so much more in turmeric oh, than those, those like, that specific molecule. And it, we don't understand that stuff because it doesn't directly... And, well, we're learning more now about how that works, but... Yeah, so... then the cool thing about homeopathy is that it basically we're just taking that, the information from that plant... And then using it to tune up the vital force. So it kind of, in people who say they need to detox or they have some kind of nutritional deficiency, we're definitely looking more on a physical level. And I guess you could argue that, say, I mean, maybe there is more of an energetic reason for that person not eating or finding and eating the foods that they need or whatever it is. But say we're going to keep it on the structural level. Say somebody just has they have liver damage due to an infection or, you know, chronic abuse of some kind of alcohol or whatever, I mean, milk this will probably be a great um, way to regenerate that. I mean, depending on how their nervous system is, you know, is working. But um, sometimes the the issue is more energetic at the energetic level, and that's when we want to use homeopathy to kind Mm -hmm. of fine-tune the vital force and re-educate the body as to how to do do its thing. Mm. Does that
0: kind of I love it. I love this. This is gonna be one of my favorites. <laughs> I love this conversation um yes, and what you said about plants and what they prime- their primary functioning in our body is I know that it's taking science and medicine a while to understand this, at least in our current f- times, but it oh, seems yeah. like the plant people of the earth have known this forever and before I even mm-hmm. began to hear um kind of the medical side and learn the medical side and the technical sides of why plants heal it began for me in the plants speaking to me directly and i'm just a plant person so i hear them and what you just said is so is so dynamic um and vital to my soul and to my purpose here on earth of why i work with plants and why i align with plants because that's exactly what they do they get into our bodies and literally teach our bodies our energies, our essence, how to live. Um, I think it's why that word adaptogenic and adaptogens is such a hot word now because people are really... Yeah. Right? I mean, it is the hot word. And I, I'm not fully comfortable with them saying only some plants are adaptogens, but whatever. Um, how amazing <laughs> is that, that that's what, that's what these beings that grow outside do. They grow to show life how to live. And for me, the message came through uh, a three-part message that I've mentioned many times on this show. Um, It was a plant message that I just heard. It became a part of me. And it's that interdependence, diversity, and nourishment are the three primary requirements of all ecosystems. And whether we recognize these foundations or not, that's what we're functioning in. Um, and it's, it's kind of what you, I mean, it's literally based in that is the fact that plants, the ecosystem that plants created for us is the ecosystem that we were, that we are and that we're made out of. And it's based on the fact that we all have to be really different in order so that we can be interdependent. We're here to do this all together. We all have to be really, really different in order for that to work. And in that interdependent, diverse relating, we nourish each other mostly in our death. And what I recognize is that plants literally, they literally guide us along this lesson plan of how to live. So not only do they come into our bodies and teach our bodies and our personal energetic spaces how to live, they also guide us how to create societies and how to create balanced ecosystems and how to build our cities and, and how to be on the earth. (laughs) Um, it's like. (laughs) So amazing, <laughs>
1: Well, I got goosebumps when you're saying this stuff,
0: yeah, it's, it's awesome. bringing me so much joy right now, and i'm I'm always filled <laughs> with this happiness about plants, but as you're but I'm just so thankful that this conversation is coming out so naturally with someone who represents the medical field because this is why plants heal, family align with plants, y'all, you yeah. all um,
1: good
0: stuff, yeah. man, good stuff. All right, uh, Evan. So the, the next thing that you brought up was bitters and that was kind of where I was going to take the conversation with you because I know when we first uh, met, we were, the conversation was about gut health and, um, and we are planning on doing a healing kitchen live. I told you to ask me this question again, but it's coming up naturally. So I'll just, um, speak a little bit on healing kitchen. We, we were planning on doing one together in February at our local natural grocer's if you're in Phoenix, definitely stay tuned. I'll be uh, sharing more about what we're doing on Healing Kitchen on the show. But um, we were talking about gut health initially, and uh, I'm working on bringing some uh, some autistic folks to that gut health show because it seems like gut health is the foundation. I mean, they, we, we have a second brain is what I hear in our gut, and I personally would confirm it from my own life. So it seems like gut health is like, One of the major if not the primary issues that we're all dealing with here um and for me when you when you said that about bitters it was it's really struck a chord with me because i in that plant message that i that i've heard i recognize that the the plants that have these messages and that are mostly producing this these energetic frequencies for people to pick up on are perennial plants they're plants that grow naturally every year you don't have to replant them they're perennials and a lot of them are weeds and they're the really dark, bitter yeah. plants of the earth. And it seems like we've built cities that are not in alignment with, well, I'm not going to say that because I think everything is how it's supposed to be, but our cities need restructuring so that they allow for us to have more bitter experiences. Because I, I feel like the human is not only against bitter flavors, but we're against bitter experiences. We're not okay with the dark we're not okay with death. We're not okay with loss. Oh yeah. And yet these are the foundations uh, of rebirth and of life and of plants. So let's yeah, go, yeah, let's yeah, dig yeah. into the yeah. into the gut and talk about bitters and <laughs> okay. um talk to me, talk to us. What uh, what is this whole gut issue and um what's the second brain in the gut? What's going on down there?
1: Yeah, wow, you brought a, a lot of good stuff. Wow, that was profound. Um uh, well, I guess <laughs> when it comes to, comes to the gut, I guess one thing that's really important that has to be there is, um, is parasympathetic tone in the nervous system. So say you're uh, in this whole fight or flight state, uh, it's like, it shuts down digestion I mean, it's just not critical when you're having to, you know, really figure something out or get away from something or, or fight, heaven forbid. Um, you don't need blood flow to your gut. You don't need saliva. You need um, muscle function. You need increased airways, um bronchodilation, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, So, but uh, I mean, our lives and our cultures are, is such that we don't necessarily calm down enough. Um, so that's that's part of it. Um, the whole bitter thing is awesome because um, bitters, they increase salivary production, which is really cool. Um, and uh, sorry, I don't want to get too in-depth, but I feel like this is important. Um, saliva I mean, there there, are, there is an enzyme in saliva called amylase, which starts to break down the sugar. But also, um, salivary production is important because, and I haven't find, found research to back this up, but clinically it, it does work. It makes sense. I mean, if, if it helps people. Um, if their saliva production isn't happening, then the nutrients don't always know where to go in the body, and, and just mm. the whole assimilation of the nutrients, not necessarily digestion, but assimilation into the physical body doesn't always happen the way it needs to. So it's almost like there's something in the saliva that's tagging nutrients for where they need to go in the body. Wow. So that's important. And then but bitters also increase um, uh, bile production in the liver and then help it to get into the gut. Um, increasing like motility of that bile. Uh, they increase uh, pancreatic enzyme uh, production. And release so that's all your enzymes that are breaking down your protein and your fat. Mm. Um, but they also improve uh, the way your body uses uh, sugar. It it, it modulates um, absorption of sugar and cellular, cellular utilization of sugar. So yeah, it's like uh, it's like everything you need in Western society to improve digestion. Mm. Bitters have
0: mm. everything and we it's need funny is that the you're mentioning. Stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, you were mentioning, like, uh, like uh weeds. Um, I have a bunch of mustard. I think it's mustard, at least, growing in the backyard. Every once in a while, I'll just grab a bunch of leaves and chop it up, add it to my salad. Mm. It, it's, like, nice and spicy. It's, it's really good. You don't even need salad dressing when you have that kind of stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But it, as far as I know, that's a perennial. Like, it's just growing. I didn't plant it there. Oh, yeah. It just made its way
0: whatever <laughs> Well, you know what's so but beautiful awesome. about plants, is. too, is they usually come to you because you need them, and so the plants that usually are growing around you, I mean, it's not even usually, the plants that are growing around you are there for you specifically, so it's, you know, you you might not necessarily even you need them, the person, the last energy that was there that, you know, but they, they only grow where they're needed. Um, so, That's cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool, and then on the whole bitterness thing, I liked how you said that West that in Western society people aren't okay with bitter in general, and I think that's exactly right. I mean, sometimes the most powerful medicine you can give somebody is is to get them to do some shadow work. I mean, integrate a part of themselves that they that they separated themselves from because they really didn't want to experience it. Like for example, I had um, I had uh, anger in my sh- in my shadow. Basically, I where the light of my consciousness wasn't seeing it. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I didn't get angry. I would just get uncontrollably angry. Mm-hmm. I just had no control over it. Or I would project that onto other people. So that's the danger of not being willing to go into these bitter experiences and understand them and understand our potential for them. So thank you for bringing that up. I mean, that's... that's yeah. I think that's important that people... Um, and sometimes that's what people need to heal. They need that psych- the psychological integration of that shadow side of themselves. It's really powerful medicine. It's- that's a game changer. So thanks for
0: being aware of that and bringing that up. That was, like I said, I got goosebumps when you said that. Oh, I'm I'm happy to to spread it. I mean it's it's so it's so powerful. I feel like we, we aren't comfortable with the bitter sides of, of of existence. You know, like you imagine a couple thousand years ago, if you ate some type of meat product. You probably, or someone very close to you, killed that animal, skinned that animal, drained the blood. And nobody does that anymore now. <laughs> nobody.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. We don't even kill our plants. I mean, I had a, I had a garden, <laughs> a perennial food forest garden in Oregon for, for a few years. And these were personal, close friends of mine. I mean, I spent a lot of time with them building on a personal, energetic level with these beings. And the first 2 years I didn't harvest anything except for fruit. <laughs> um but by the 3rd year I was like okay you're going to have to start eating some of these greens and like making some medicines and you have to start using these plants that's what they grow for. But I realized how disconnected I am from death and I'm a Pisces so I'm actually pretty cool with death but I didn't feel comfortable with even killing plants <laughs> for my own
1: yeah
0: for my own you know receiving and Many people are fine with killing plants and bugs and mushrooms and all these things. But it, it was just it's just really interesting how disconnected we are from the most basic foundational aspects of being alive, which is death. Because that, that's that big part of the message yeah. is that we nourish each other, but it's mostly we nourish each other in our death. Like that's our ultimate point of sacrifice is that we give our bodies back to the earth for the next generation to be nourished. And so, when we are running from death, we're literally running from our own self. (laughs) Um,
1: Totally, no, for sure. I've seen that, yeah. And like, ultimately, in order to be okay with life, you have to be okay with death, which is what you're saying. Yeah. But um, it sounds kind of weird, but I know it's the absolute truth. Yeah.
0: It's the truth, and it seems like that's, that's what we cool. come from. But when we're in a city where you take somebody to a mortuary and the, the the hospital takes the dead body and um you know it's it we're just it's like nobody's comfortable and then it's and then it becomes this mourning experience. We're mourning our own rebirth. And I I don't know, there's just a really deep and I, I feel like weeds, it's actually the next book I'm working on, the dignity of a weed. Um, maybe you maybe we could talk a little bit about working on something in there together because I feel like weeds are this foundational group of beings here that guide us toward back to our truth. Um, I don't know man i'm I'm into the so do you think that the gut do you agree that the gut has a second brain or that even a first brain that there's a brain in the gut and and what's the neurological understandings of the gut? why people say that that there's a second brain in the gut? Could you speak a little bit on that?
1: Totally. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, sorry. I got sidetracked with okay. the whole <laughs> thing, but, uh, <laughs> but that was good. uh, so yeah, there is, there's a lot of neurological tissue in the gut. Um, there, yeah, there, I mean, there's, there's tissue that coordinates, um, the migrating motor complex, which is kind of like how food moves through the gut when you're not eating. Um, I mean, the vagus nerve is definitely, it works both ways. Like, gastric or um GI inflammation can definitely affect the brain and there's this whole idea that if your uh, gut is leaky your brain becomes leaky i don't know exactly why that is it might be just mediated by the nervous system and that vagus nerve that connection between the gut and the brain but um it is the case i mean and the really in- really interesting case when it comes to this is um Uh, concussion and and traumatic brain injury, uh, they've actually, they've done studies and they, they find that within, I think within two hours, I might be misquoting the the research, but within two hours of a brain injury, there's a, there's a leakiness in the gut that's created. And so, which is a trip, right? I mean, you bump your head and then your, your gut suffers, Mm -hmm. but it also works the other way. I mean, say you're eating something, uh, that's inflammatory or uh, has some kind of dysbiosis and there's, there are bacteria, just your microbiome's off and then your bacteria is creating toxins that are causing leakiness in the gut or, um, even, even gluten, I mean, gliadin, um, even if people don't react immunologically to it, like say they don't have a sensitivity, they're not celiac, there's no immune system activation from the gluten, it still creates a transient leakiness of the gut brain barrier. The, sorry. The gut barrier and hence the brain. And so this is one of the reasons I think that, um, uh, a lot of naturopaths and, and people in the alternative health, whoever is interested in it, they, they talk about this gluten free, uh, diet for autism and usually casein free too, because I mean, these, these things activate the, the, um the same receptors as morphine and heroin do. So. It's kinda like it, which is kinda weird to think about, but um but gluten and casein both um both affect the receptor sites for opiates. And so you get this high, right, after you eat especially pizza, that's my favorite food hands down. Um so good. <laughs> but you favorite so form of entertainment, maybe I should say. Maybe it's not quite food. I like to think it's food, but I like right, you so you get the high down, you yeah, get
0: not quite crash. Food. <laughs> 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 Cheese yeah. and bread man um, it's crazy <laughs> yeah yeah
1: people love it people love it yeah um but anyway so yeah there, it is true um what's going on in your brain effects you've and vice versa for sure
0: hmm. the, the fact that it's called the vagus nerve i'm uh i recognize that a lot of what we create um structurally in terms of our society is directly reflective of our bodies. It seems like the 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 creators of society knew very, very deep truths of how 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 bodies worked. And so as you said the Vegas nerve, now I want to look at the look at like where does Vegas go to like the city Vegas, I feel like (laughs) I wonder if the city Vegas has any connection to you know, on a, um, on a larger scale, like on the earth, if we're looking down on the mass planet or the mass of North America, like I've got to do that now. I wonder if there's any reason why they named that Vegas anyways.
1: Yeah. Well, as far as I know, I think, I think it means the great wanderer. And I think they call it that because it affects so many different systems. Like it, it affects, um, your heart rate. Uh, it affects, uh, the lungs and how dilated the bronchioles are, how how much air we get, how much air can potentially get into your lungs, mm-hmm. and it also affects digestion, so I think that might be why, it's V-A-G-U-S, um, but I haven't thought about that for a while. After.
0: Yeah, sorry, my brain, You're, yeah. you've got my brain moving a lot, so <laughs> it's just looking oh, for Oh, Oh, likewise, yeah, likewise. <laughs> Man, mm-hmm. so much amazing information has come out today. Um, this just gets me more excited to build with you, Evan. Um, I'm excited, you even... I've kind of like always told myself I would never go back to school, and you've even you, I even thought today like, would I want to study naturopathy? Just because I'm so this was so inspired. I'm really interested in the applied kinesiology as well, and really understanding that and um, being able to tune into the live, living body and um, on an energetic level. That's uh, stress based energetic level. That's like I know this is all very, very inspiring. We're already over an hour now. I kind of thought that um, we. Oh yeah. Yeah, I thought we'd be able to get a little bit more into all gotcha. uh, into these things, but um, but we're building. We we are um, healing kitchen. So healing kitchen live is going to be converting, and Evan, you were a big part of it, although um, you might not know it. A friend of mine. I, I just wasn't really feeling inspired with my cooking show the, the last few months, actually, and needed to revamp it some way because it's helpful for so many folks. Um, I kind of went through my kitchen discovery years ago when my children were young. So just for me personally, it's not where I'm really inspired in life at right now, but I am really inspired to helping people connect with plant-based recipes and and starting there because it really does start in your kitchen. Um, So um, a girlfriend of mine recommended that I think about creating dishes based on specific health needs and it was so perfect because I said, yeah, we actually, I already have one healing kitchen planned for 2019 with Dr. Evan um, at Natural Grocers, all about gut health and making meals that are based on that. So um, today's going to be our first episode. I'm talking about high blood pressure tonight on the show, and I'm super excited. It, it re-inspired me on many different levels with Healing Kitchen, and you, for me, are a part of it because you were already... A part, we, we had already planned on changing the show. I just didn't know I was doing it yet. <laughs>
1: funny how that works, eh? Man. Or maybe not so funny. It just it's how it works, I guess.
0: It is how it works, and I laughed anyways because uh, it confirmed that I was 100% on point and that all things uh, intended are happening. And I'm really thankful uh, that I was at that market and that for whatever reasons you that we met and that... You are so open. Yo, it's so, I I talk to a lot of people and what I'm doing is building community in wherever I'm at, wherever I'm at in any moment, building community around healing. And when I talked to you about coming down and doing a class, you, you got back to me the next day. It meant so much to me, Evan, to have you serious. And, and obviously this is your profession and you're a serious human uh, with what you're doing, your work, but. To me, just for me personally, for a community member, for somebody who, a business, you know, owner here that's starting out and even new back in the desert, it meant so much to me. I appreciated that so much that you were so on point and excited and ready to share and get in the community and do your work. Um, so thank you for being here and being a part of the team. And I really look forward to continuing to build with you and seeing how we can help more and more people align with the healing modalities of the earth, yo.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I think the thing that um, got me excited about this when I after I met you is that uh, that's not really my strength. I don't know. I, I just realize as, <laughs> as I get older, I, there are things that I'm good at and things that I just take way too much energy and focus, and it's just not my thing. And the whole community thing, uh, I appreciate when it's and it's there, but I but somebody's got to put that together, right? So,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I so thanks for doing that. Um, yeah, so in whatever way I can help it. It'd be my honor and and pleasure, really.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's what's so special is that, you know, that's what I recognize our earth doing. You know, she's um, obviously shifts and adjustments are needed on all levels of our experience right now. And the earth is so in tune. Like, you know, she she is just the same. Like, we can actually tune in. We can do applied kinesiology to her as well. You know, she's so in tune with us energetically Mm -hmm. and is always providing what we Mm -hmm. need. In order for life to continue to function and, and be fruitful, that's that's what mothers do, and um, you know she's she's just pulling together the right the right people in the right areas to do the right work. And so, uh, I think it's best for us each to focus on our skill set and to do that the best that we possibly can. Um, so yeah, yeah, friends, step by step forward we go. Cool. Awesome. Well, can you tell the people where they can find you? Uh, local Arizona folks, where can they find you? How can they get in contact with you? Your your office is in Chandler. Tell us a little bit about... Um, we didn't even actually say the name of your business and all that, so tell us a little bit about your practice and where people can find you, how they can find you online, um, and how they can get started working with Dr. Evan.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so, I'm in Chandler, Arizona. Uh, it is the southeast of Phoenix. Um, my business is Name True Resilience Integrated Medical Solutions. I didn't think about the of the name when I, when I incorporated. But um, True Resilience Integrated
0: <laughs> Medical
1: Solutions. Yeah, you got okay. it. So for so the website's trueresilienceims.com. dot com. And uh yeah, I mean I offer a free console and the reason I like to do that is that um it, it, not everyone's the best fit for what I do. And um so but I so. I like to offer people a chance to at least come in and get to know me and, uh, I can see if I can help them and they can see if I'm a good fit for them. So that would be, that's really the, the first step is, um, and on the website, there's a way to reach out to do that or you can just call in and, and do the same. So that's that free console up. So
0: awesome. Yeah. Getting in, just tuning in, seeing if that's a good fit. And that was true resilience, I N S dot com. I am. I M S okay. I guess. And I will or definitely have that in the yeah. bio description too. Oh, cool.
1: I appreciate it. I mean that that's awesome. I yeah, thank
0: you. All right, good deal. Um and then February seventeenth, I think. We're gonna be at Natural Grocers doing a healing kitchen live. I'm super excited about that. We'll be talking about gut health gut health. And um we're gonna get a class. We're gonna get a class here in the shop soon, Evan. I've this is man. Even just from this show, I'm really excited for this. So we can present like this is this is Dr. Evan, and this is what we're going to start bringing to the shop. More, um, you know, uh, st- what do I want to say? Um, intimate discussions of how this is, you know, not necessarily in the doctor's office and you specifically being treated, but what are some things that we all can do to just align with natural healing and with um, with our the energetic truth of our bodies. Um, I'm super excited about working with you, Evan, and, and building.
1: Yeah, likewise. Again, I, I appreciate the opportunity.
0: Heck For yeah, sure. friend. All right, well, that is wrapping up episode 15 of Conversations with Friends. I will be back next week. I've got um, most of my folks already lined up, so I'm really excited. It's a lot of good information and knowledge coming out this year. Definitely stay tuned into the podcast um, and healing kitchen live, all the things I'm going, I'm going to be sharing more of those things with you guys. We're going to be here every week. So (laughs) we're we're going to make sure that we're connecting the whole brand and pulling everyone together. Um, but until next Monday family, you have a beautiful week, happy 2019. And I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Dr. Evan. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again. All right, friends. Peace.